Sports Network production. Now to your host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, football fans around the world. Does not include the three of us sitting here on this show currently because it was a rough day. You are tuned in to the Variety Sports Network exclusive home for the NFL recap, preview, all of that good stuff. My name is Jimmy Pilato. I am joined by the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast hosts, Darren and Tyler. We got a lot to get to today. Before we get into all of that, I want to mention we are presented, housed. This, If you're watching right now, you're watching on one of the Variety Sports pages. So wherever you're watching, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, at Variety underscore sports underscore, and uh, all that good stuff. This show will be airing two Sundays and Tuesday nights. And uh, like I said, we have plenty of, of recap, reaction, overreaction, uh, crying, therapy sessions, all of that great stuff to get to. Uh, I'm going to bring in Darren and Tyler of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. And uh, guys, I know it was rough for all of us, so I'm glad that the three of none of the three of us got got to experience a victory. But it wasn't an ideal start to the NFL Sunday like we were expecting. I, 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 let's just, Darren, what what do you think for your? You were the only late game, so. You got to wait a little bit longer to have your heart broken, I guess. Yeah, it was funny because I was I was tweeting you guys a little bit like, ah, oh, the pay. Hopefully, my team can survive the survive the struggle. You, I mean, Jimmy, you alone. I mean, I, I mean, you, we got to get into your game. Yours could be the whole podcast. For goodness sakes, that game. Uh, but then we got Tyler, the, the you know, like this monsoon over there in Chicago, just pouring down rain. Watching that, I'm hope, feeling hope about the Raiders, and then everything Tyler's been telling me about Carr and everything I do. He came true. He laid an egg today. It was terrible. So it was very frustrating as a Raiders fan, I'm sure. I mean, the thing is, you get this hope, and then you throw three interceptions. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? It's just like, ah, gosh. Terrible start to the season. Yeah, and Tyler, you were uh, – I know I know your fan allegiance. When I came on your guys' podcast, uh, the 49ers, it was a tough, tough weather to start things off, but also tough to see – what's supposed to be the future of your franchise did not look very good today. And you end up getting beaten in Matt Eberflus's, uh debut as the coach in Chicago and Justin Fields gets a big victory to start off this season. Uh, how are you reacting? How are you responding? Are you, are you okay? Let's, let's put that question. Out I think, here. I think I'm okay. I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I would start there. I'm very disappointed in the way they started. Trey Lance played terrible. We lost to the worst 1-0 team in the NFL, and I don't think it's going to be really close. This team is not good. They We dominated them for the first half of the game. We should have been up by, like, 17. Debo fumbled in the red zone, and Trey Lance missed the pass to the tight end in the end zone. It, just, it was a bad game. The monsoon, it it looked like nothing changed. It looked like we had Jimmy with, with some QB draws. <laughs> there was nothing that like there was the accuracy wasn't there outside. It just was not good. Well, uh, before we get into the actual breakdown of all the games, uh, either whoever likes to do it, whoever you normally have plug all of your stuff. Go ahead, plug your social medias, plug your podcast. Uh, we'll we'll take the time here before we actually get into uh, most of the stuff. And actually, we have uh, a. Uh, extra member to bring on. So before I, I let you guys add your show, uh, we do have uh, a special guest, Jake from Jake's Take Pod, Jake's Takes Sports Podcast here on the Variety Sports Podcast Network, uh, making his Talking Great Iron debut. So Jake, thanks for for jumping in. Uh, I'm not sure who your NFL team is. Did you actually get a win today for for the team that you root for? We barely squeaked out a win. The Saints barely squeaked out a win. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you know, on paper, it looks really great when you have your kicker make the game-winning field goal, but obviously we've seen multiple kickers miss game-winning field goals. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, to bring that up. Rubbing it in Timmy's face early. I like it. I like it. I like it. Me too. Um, but, you know, I honestly thought we were going to lose to the Falcons. Um, and that was kind of, would have been really upsetting because I give the Falcons so much shit. <laughs> that we were just talking about Tyler's team losing to the Bears. That was a, you, that's the one to know. It's kind of, you would have been in the same position with the Falcons. Hey, Cowboys fan. I mean, they're going to claim their back. I'm watching it right now. This is just agonizing to watch. I don't know why I put myself through this. <laughs> this the Sunday night football matchup was supposed to be great, and it ended up being one of the worst that we had throughout the entire weekend. Uh, before we get into talking about the, all of the games, I'll give everybody a chance to plug their show. So, Darren, Tyler, uh, if you want to plug your podcast where people can find your, your pages and all that stuff, um, you can go ahead and do that now. Go ahead, Darren. All right, yeah, for sure. LaForce at uh, at Fat Boy Fade Away on Twitter. That's where we're mainly at. You got Tyler. He's at at Tyler McGirt. Pretty simple there uh, on Twitter. That's the place to look for us. You can also look for us uh, on our YouTube channel uh, at Fat Boy Fade Away uh, Sports Podcast. Uh, up to 109 subscribers. Just trying to try to chug our way up higher and higher. You know how that game works. So slowly but surely. So appreciate any support along the way. So yeah, check us out. We just put a podcast out this morning. Yeah, and Jake, if you want to plug your show real quick and what days uh, people can find your stuff on the Variety Sports Network and your own channels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm at Jake's Take Podcast on basically every form of social media. Um, my personal Instagram is jakesill 14 and I have new content coming out every Tuesday and Friday. It focuses on sports in the South, so you're going to hear a lot of content in regards to teams like the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Titans, and then a lot of college football teams based in the South, too. So Georgia, Alabama, um, Texas A&M, because I think it's really hilarious that Jimbo Fisher got his ass handed to him against Appalachian State yesterday. I noticed a lot of people from the South like that. Uh, I noticed a lot of people were loving that. No one likes Jimbo <laughs> Fisher. Everyone hates Jimbo Fisher so much. And um, it was just so funny because – um, basically, yesterday, the whole state of Texas lost. Uh, yeah, the I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we will all be talking about the Texas game, the, the way that it ended with Alabama um, on all of our respective shows. I have checked out your, your show a couple times, and I do enjoy the, uh, the college football talk. So now that we've gotten all that stuff out of the way, you can follow uh, myself and Nico at, uh, at FEOTV pod on all social media, the far end of the bench podcast. We release new episodes Wednesdays. Uh, you can catch the top of the mountain show, the other podcast that I do for variety sports network, uh, which is a division two uh, football show on Fridays on our YouTube channel. So be sure to follow us and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And now I guess we can go ahead and start talking about these games. Um, the lights are on in my room currently. I had them off, and I was listening to the Black Parade, or the, my, chemical, my Chemical Romance, for the last three to four hours. Um, that, that's It was the first game, opening weekend game on CBS. The Bengals take on Pittsburgh in an NFC, AFC North matchup, and uh, it ends up going the exact wrong way for myself and all of the people in Cincinnati. It was an ugly game. 
Uh, I guess we'll go around the, the group here first, starting off with Pittsburgh versus uh, Cincinnati. What did we see out of the defending AFC champions and uh, what caused the ultimate demise? I know that there's a bunch of different um, topics to choose from, but I guess, Darren, what do you think? What was what's really stood out for your mind in that game? I mean, it was it was the special teams. I mean, you guys had the game there at the end. Uh, I, I, other than that, other than that little ending, it, it was kind of amazing. You guys, to me, were still in the game. It just felt like you know, you guys were streamed a lot, there. like that AFC divisional round game where the Titans had ten yeah. sacks, and you're like, wow, the Bengals still have a lead. This it, is it, awesome. It really had that feel to it. And then I like, I was like, they're going to get the ball back again with another minute. I was like, what is going on here? And then sure enough, you guys go down and get close to scoring chase. He gets like, makes it to the inch line basically. And then he scores with what? No, no time left. Right. I don't think there was any time left when he scores there. You think you got the game there. And then, I mean, just take it out for a change up back to the kicker. I mean, I was literally going to tweet you something. I had to race it. It took me five minutes to write it. Then I had to race it. I said, I couldn't write, I couldn't write great win anymore. So I had to take that out. So uh, I don't know. It was just like, a. I, I'm impressed with it. But I was the, the Steelers though. We, you talked about them even winning the division last week on this podcast. Could, you obviously could, know they were going to bring their A game defensively. They sure did today. Yeah. No, their their defense was on another level. And it's funny enough, TJ Watt ends up getting hurt after making one of his more clutch plays. It ended up being oh, actually yeah. wiped out by a penalty. But he tears his peck, so he's going to be out for a little bit of, uh, of time. This Pittsburgh defense, Mika Fitzpatrick, and I know, Jake, you're very familiar with Minka Fitzpatrick watching him play at Alabama and now being into the NFL. That dude is all over the field at all points. Does he ever stop moving? Have you ever seen him stop moving on a football No. Um, ever since he was at Alabama, and, I mean, they called him a mini Nick Saban because he was just – they would line him up basically anywhere. There was a time where Eddie Jackson gets hurt and Mika, who had never played safety – goes in and plays safety and that's the position he's started at that's the position he's a pro bowler at and it's crazy but no the motor's always running and i think with this it's very reminiscent of the steelers defense that we saw in the 2000s with james harrison or ike taylor ryan clark it could be a lot of reminders like that but my biggest concern really is the corners because they're going to get picked on, and Jamar Chase isn't going to just go down easily into the night. I think my biggest takeaway from this was that Joe Burrow needs another receiver in addition to Jamar Chase. You saw that him losing, I think it was T. Higgins, that was a big blow. And Joe Burrow is going to throw it out. He's good at it, but also they need to run the ball. And Joe Mixon wasn't getting anything. Samaje Piran wasn't getting anything. So it's all about balance. And, I mean, Zach Taylor's from that line of Sean McVay disciples, so I think they'll get it figured out. There's a lot that went wrong in the fact that your quarterback has five turnovers by himself and it doesn't do a single thing to help you. Uh, I think he might have been reading into his hype a little bit and being told that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread may have gone to his head. Uh, also is probably a little bit just on the fan base in general, putting a lot, all that pressure on them. Um, <clears throat> Tyler on the Steelers side, they had some interesting play calling. That was a, a, a big change up from last season. I did say that I think they can win the AFC North and I still think that they can, 
Is Mitchell Trubisky going to be the quarterback for the Steelers by the end of the season with what you saw from him today, what you're expecting after that performance? If they keep pulling out wins like that, but I don't see them keep winning like this. They have weapons outside that they can use. They have Najee Harris. Their O-line is a little lackluster where Mitchell Trubisky's legs help. But I see Pickett taking over at some point. He was the first round, he was their first round pick, and Trubisky's just not good enough. But to the Bengals, I, if I were you, I wouldn't be that. We, you lost a turnover battle by five time, five five turnovers, and you guys were still in it. Joe Burrow figured it out after, a, like, not really figured Scored. it out. He still struggled. But he got it going towards the end. And Tamar Chase, he's just unguardable. Minka Fitzpatrick was over the top of him the whole second half of the game. They did, I don't know why they didn't attempt to pass to him in the overtimes. They just yeah. sort of phased him out and played conservative. And you knew the field goal like battery was a mess. I don't know. It just didn't make sense there what was going on. They had no response for Clark Harris being injured and not having a, a backup long snapper. And then there was the the coaching. There, there was a touchdown that could have been reviewed that Zach Taylor would have had to throw the challenge flag. If that is called a touchdown the way that it looks like it would have been if they were able to get the review done, game changes completely. It's really not that – it shouldn't be that difficult for an NFL franchise. I know that you normally only carry one long snapper, but all of these guys who are playing football at this level and, and have played football for almost all their lives, none of them can figure out how to be a long snapper after one guy goes down. First snap is a change-up. Second snap almost goes into the, the third row of the stands. Uh I think that Joe Burrow exposed the fact that he he might have a little bit more of that Brett Favre gunslinger mentality without the arm that than we might have thought. I'm not saying that I'm I'm gonna go completely off of of the bandwagon. He's still my starting quarterback. I still have all the faith in the world for him. I said that the Bengals were probably gonna finish with the same record as they did last season, and I don't know if that wins them the division. So I, I still think that this that's pretty on point for for now. Uh, but it was a difficult way for for it all to end. And hey, the Pittsburgh special teams wasn't all wasn't that much better. Chris Boswell doinked that thing so hard off the upright that rattled throughout the entire city of Cincinnati. I can't believe he hit hit the upright that hard, almost like he was aiming for it. Uh, Najee Harris does go down. T.J. Watt goes down. Two of the first major injuries of the day. Yeah, is that going to be affecting the way that 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 team is able to run throughout the rest of the season? What are what are the thoughts here? I mean, Tomlin's one. Of the, I was gonna right away. I was gonna say he just has a way of getting it done. I, I could, they're gonna be battle tested the whole way. They lose guys. They have guys step up. They're gonna win ugly, just like this. That's what they do. I mean, they got lucky to get into the playoffs last year, right towards the end, right? They had to get some breaks. They're gonna be there. I, I just see them being that type again, that team again. The Watt injury is too bad, just for the whole NFL sake. He's just one of the best players out there. So that kind of sucks if he's out for the season. Yeah, and then it with was, the Najee injury, they were saying that it shouldn't be too, too bad, but they're probably going to take it pretty carefully, which kind of is like having them in one of my leagues. Um, but also, you have to look at the depth. You know, the person who's playing behind Najee is an undrafted rookie, so they might have to bring in some other players to look into. I feel like... They had a good shot, but you're also looking that your leading rusher after Najee went out with Chase Claypool. And that's kind of saying kind of how scary that is if Chase Claypool is your leading rusher and he's just running a bunch of jet sweeps. 
they do have one of the their receiving core probably got as close to the Bengals and now with the Bengals being as injured at receiver as as they are they have one of the more talented receiving cores with Pickens, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool. As much as I don't necessarily care for him as a as a player or as a person, I guess off the field he's he's not a terrible player. He's a good receiver to have. They have all of those weapons and it is different to see a guy that can throw it more than thirty yards down the field. This offense does have an element of explosiveness to them that they could be. Uh, I think that they probably, if they were able to throw the ball a little bit down the field last year, they probably end up with two, three, four more wins than they ended up having on the season. They were still a playoff team. So the Steelers, uh, they get the 1-0. They get the ugly victory, and Mike Tomlin continues to be just the the coach that can do no wrong and can can move himself forward uh, no matter what. So that, that game ends in heartbreak and, and what do you got, Tyler? I just have a quick question for you, Jimmy, as a Bengals fan. Do you trust Zach Taylor all the way, or is there a – because I feel like that's the, they went for the field goal on third down. As, and I was like, okay, they're doing it. And then the, the snap was really high, and the punter or the whoever the placeholder was at the time couldn't get it down with the laces. Shouldn't he have been reminded at some point – just fall on the ball if it's not a perfect snap. It's third down. This is why we're kicking on third down. Like that was I was on the couch going, all right. So if it's a bad snap, they have this bad snapper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, what are your thoughts on Zach Taylor? And like, is he, he took you to a Super Bowl last year, so you obviously have some like leeway with him. But he's got he does know what he's doing, but he does in moments where it's a snap decision as a coach, it's not as crisp as you would like it to be i think he made a snap decision to kick it on third down and he definitely should have reminded his players to do the correct thing when that does happen i agree with you but uh the there wasn't much else he would have been able to do he didn't call he didn't call the plays to cause the turnovers he didn't call the plays to uh he didn't allow the defense to let up 10 points early so it wasn't all on him, but he definitely – I would say my biggest issue with how the Bengals played today, and it proves that preseason is necessary, no matter how ridiculous those games are, you get into a rhythm and the players actually know what they're doing. Otherwise, you spend the first two weeks of the season going through all the growing pains you would have had in week two of the preseason. Like, I don't think the Bengals – they're probably going to play better. They might not, but they're going to be a lot crisper, and their operation all around I think is going to be a lot better next week but they're one of the teams that barely played any of their starters whatsoever. And Joe Burrow, maybe he did need a couple weeks to recover from uh, the appendectomy and, and all of the stuff from, from the offseason. So there's there's a few things that I guess I don't know if they handled it correctly. Uh, but it, it definitely wasn't a good game from him. He got outcoached by Mike Tomlin, as he normally does. Last year was an aberration up until this point. Beating the Steelers two times in a row, that was never going to happen again. Uh so it sucks, and I wish that they would have looked better, but it's not the end of the world. I'm not as upset as I was after they lost the Super Bowl. I can I can say that for 100, 100% fact. Uh, Dare, where do you want to move after the, the Steelers game? I, I needed to get that one out of the way so that I could start yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoying it again. <laughs> well, maybe we can hit like a couple teams here if we do this like this. Like I was thinking teams that we could kind of hit the relax button on. You know, okay. we, we mentioned your Bengals, obviously, right there, but like a team that maybe lost that. You know, we can kind of like, all right, let's not overreact. Like, we can go the Aaron Rodgers route here. Who can relax a little bit here? Like, I feel like we can look at maybe the Raiders. Um, so with the Raiders, um, 
Obviously, it's the first game with Devontae Adams. They did pretty decent, but I think right now Josh McDaniel is going to get the biggest run of the backlash. They could still compete in the AFC West, but the AFC West is really good this year. The fact that, you know, um, pretty much you have the two other teams who played today undefeated. Denver is very highly favored tomorrow. Um, so I feel like they can kind of hit the relax when they have the weapons. But really, my biggest takeaway is you have to protect Derek Carr because he got sacked, I think, like six times, and most of it was by Quill Mack. <laughs> yeah, I love Quill Mack. He got he got him twice, like right at the end on that last drive there too. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I'm trying not to over. I'm trying to. That's one of the teams for sure. Uh, I was kind of thinking, what do you guys think of like the like the Packers or something? You think they're in trouble, or do you think that's a team you can relax all of it? I I don't worry about the Packers just because of Aaron Rodgers. Last year they got blown out week one. I think to the Bengals was it? No, it wasn't the Bengals. It was it was. Anyway, they got blown out. It wasn't a division rival. That was that's the only difference from this season. I didn't. I didn't like the opening week divisional game. I don't know how you felt about it, Darren, with the, yeah. the Raiders and Char- Chargers. I would have much rather had a divisional matchup week four instead of week one. They play three out of their first four games are division rivals, so they're going to get, like, right away, just like, we'll see where they're at, basically. Yeah, the Saints do something yeah, similar. That's quite the test. Yeah, I, I did not yeah. enjoy that format. I do enjoy the 17-week format, and I like the extra playoff team. I think everybody's in agreement with that now. Uh, the team that I guess I'm probably going to hit the relax button on slightly, the Tennessee Titans, they should have won that game and should have been able to, to do a little bit more against New York. But this was the best that New York has looked in the, in the last four years. Ever since, uh, I can't even remember. But since Daniel Jones has been the quarterback for New York, that's the best Saquon has looked. That's the best that any everything outside of them. They actually look like a professional football team yeah. instead of – uh, a Halloween, you know, Halloween guys <laughs> dressing up and, and acting like professional athletes. So as much as it sucks to lose that one point loss and you lose it on a two point conversion, one, I think it says more about Brian Dable and the fact that he's got he's going to hang his nuts out on the table every single week. And if you if you're healthy as a Giants fan, now you can think about the last three years and go, we could have done something, especially with as bad as the division was, if yeah. we could have just kept our guys healthy. So I think that the the Titans can relax a little bit, and I think the Giants. They look pretty, pretty impressive. Better than I would have initially anticipated. Tyler, yours was the Packers. Yeah, I just, I just don't worry about Aaron Rodgers. I just think he's a special player. He's proved it year in, year out. They win thirteen games every year since they got rid of McCarthy. In the playoffs, I worry about him, but I just, I mean, the lack of receivers depth. It showed up today. Like Christian Watson dropped a wide open touchdown. And Lazard was hurt. But I'm just not worried about Rodgers at this point. You're going to have to do more than lose one game to the Vikings on the road. Or was it on the road? I think it was on the road. Yeah, it was on the road. It was yeah. on the road to the Vikings where I'm going to start worrying about an Aaron Rodgers-led team. There's a couple times where it surprised me how much the Vikings scheme was affecting the Packers. There's a couple times Preston Smith was covering Justin Jefferson. And that's never going to go yeah, well, that's Preston, not acceptable. Preston Smith is a defensive end that's cosplaying as a linebacker, and Justin Jefferson was 
having one of the games of his life like we all expect him to do. Those two, it's so wild to think that LSU had both of those guys, both Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson at the same That's time. That's crazy. Yeah, it's the, a whole podcast you could do on that team. It was limited. I <laughs> could, but I mean, as someone who graduated from Alabama, look, I was never a big fan of LSU. I basically, um, it was this one hit against UCF that I feel like just made Joe Burrow a better quarterback. Yeah, I was watching that game too. It was like. Oh, that was the worst interception I've ever seen any quarterback throw. And he got laid out by the nose guard. And then after that, he just threw 40, 400 touchdowns, it seems like, and, and never yep. an interception again. Jake, as an Alabama fan, real quick, who would win? The Mac Jones-led Alabama championship team or that Joe Burrow LSU team? Mac Jones for sure. I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. <laughs> no. I, 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 I just want to hear your answer. Go ahead. You have to think about it. Yeah. So with this team, not only did they have one of the the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since Desmond Howard, but you also had depth behind it. You had Jalen Waddle, who, if he doesn't get hurt, it's speed. There was no really only one receiver known for speed on the LSU team because Jamar and – J Jets are speedy receivers, but they're both possession receivers. Nah, they do more than be possession receivers. Let's Lamar Jamar is the most dynamic receiver in the NFL, maybe with J Jet. So, um, and then you had Najee Harris. Najee Harris is a bell cow. I don't know how he compares to Ceh. I'd rather have Najee. I would rather have Najee. Najee would be Najee be where I give Alabama the the leg up. But the biggest was, leg up is you have Nick Saban. Yeah, um, <laughs> over Coach O is over Coach O. I tried to say that with a straight face. Thank so you. It, it, it's crazy, um, but I mean, it's also that with that year, um, you had Steve Sarkeesian. I feel like I have to give Steve Sarkeesian the upper hand over Joe Brady. I was watching the Texas game. I was like, how the hell does this guy keep getting jobs after his, like, alcoholism and his, like, whatever went on in Washington, U- USC? I was like, this guy just keeps getting jobs. He went to Alabama and redeemed himself, I guess, and now he's at Texas. It looks like he's doing a good job. They look pretty good. Hey, Drivy, hey, can I ask you, can we talk about disappointing teams? Because you t- talked about Mac. They brought up Mac Jones. Well, let's go to the – if I was, can I just get to the Patriots, then they look like crap. Oh, that was good to see. That was disappointing. I would say that the Colts are also one of the bigger disappointments of the weekend. Too. That's a good They're call. Setting up against the, the Texans in Lovey Smith's first game, and you were losing the entire time. You get it tied, and you can't score in overtime. Your kicker, your kicker shanks a, a game winner that you probably should have had. Uh, I had a, I had some really high hopes. Obviously, I have high hopes because I drafted Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense in fantasy. So that's – Part okay. of the reason why I would like to see them do well. The uh, AFC did not look good today. I don't know what was going on. And that's it the crazy was... thing, too, is that the AFC, so far throughout the entire offseason, that's where the Super Bowl contender, like everybody says there's seven teams in the, 17, seven teams in the AFC that have legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. And today I didn't see seven teams that were championship. It's as if really the only ones we've seen were the Bills and 
the Chiefs. Jeez. Now, the Chiefs embarrassing the Cardinals was funny. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I was so wrong on that too. one. I was so wrong. I thought but there was wasn't wrong. a lot of cross-conference play. So, that like, no, the two no, teams that you no. just mentioned were cross-conference, and the AFC kicked the shit out of the NFC. And well, the AFC matched up, so it was – that's where, and I said this morning on the Fat Boy Fadeaway podcast, the AFC is a crapshoot. There's so many good teams that, like, I can't predict a winner of any division, really, outside the AFC East, like, and have any real confidence in it. No, I mean, with the AFC East, we know it's the Bills division, but we also know that the Patriots and the Dolphins are going to find a way where they, like, are running down the hill and then trip over each other, and then one of them's going to fall across the finish line in second. Like that's the best way to put it. I don't know if any of you guys know who Logic is, but when did he become the head coach of the Miami Dolphins? I don't know. If he oh. <laughs> <laughs> he like, oh I was like, what the yeah, anyway. you're talking about the guy who said in his coaching interviews that that the state he was coaching in had to have legalized marijuana. Yeah, that guy. Is that what he said? That's what he said. He only interviewed in states that had legalized marijuana. So Carolina, oh, I, I think, was out. I think North Carolina might have been out. Um, Your neck of the woods would have been right, perfect for him. I was, I was. It was going to either be him or Hackett, and we went with Mr. Positivity instead. They've been playing everything is awesome on sports on the sports radio station ever since he was hired because that's that's like the joke is that he and Russell Wilson are the two most positive guys of all time. Um, oh my gosh! On the same uh, but no, looking at this, I mean, with the Patriots, Mac Jones. Oh my gosh, Logan, shut up. <laughs> um, with Mac Jones hurt his back and. They had said that he'll be fine, but obviously, one, this is what happens when you let Matt Patricia call your offensive plays, and two, um, I don't even really think that they, it was just, if like the O-line just gave up, like they were just letting Mac take beating after beating, and this seems to always happen when they play Miami in the first game. They struggle against Miami all the time, yeah. They always Some do. Some of the worst. And then, like, in the second and third game, it's just, like, a completely new team. We're like, okay, but why do y'all suck against Miami? Like, Miami is so mid. But if you look at that Patriots offensive roster, it is not. There's no one you're it's like, not, oh, that yeah. guy is dynamic. That guy's going to do it. Reminds me of, like, when, like, the bad teams when I was of the Niners 10 years ago or the Raiders last before Carr. Nobody good. Yeah, just, there's no one really there. Like Jacoby Myers, Devontae Smith, or no, Devontae, no. who's the guy from the Dolph Parker? Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Devontae yeah. Parker. No, I'm just not impressed with the Patriots roster. Hey, I, I'm going to say this. It's, if the Patriots aren't doing well, I'm not going to like, I, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and boohoo it for that long. <laughs> You're not gonna cry <laughs> if the Patriots don't win. I, I As a Raider fan, the I'm guy who started the Patriots I'm dynasty. To be even here. <laughs> I know. The guy who started the guy whose team started the worst, the best, oh. I guess, NFL dynasty of all time. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe that you wouldn't want to see them do well. That makes total. I'm shocked. Next thing you know, I'm gonna say that I'm glad the Steelers got week one win and that the Ravens are undefeated. The Bengals are the only team in the AFC North to lose today. So, yeah, there you go. You're in last place. You're like, yeah. 
I was trying to move on from the stupid <laughs> team. Um, speaking of, if we get to talk about the AFC North and the AFC East, Flacco in his revenge game, what that was it? Did he forget that he was supposed to play well, or or that he was supposed to try and win the game? Baltimore, Probably. I don't think is that good, but they were miles ahead of a very bad New York Jets roster. I don't, and and it's unfortunate because I think Salah is the right coach for them, but I think Salah's chair is starting to feel a little bit warm. That's just my my read off of the New York Jets fan base. I don't know what you guys thought about that about that game and that beating in particular. I mean, it was a terrible game. It's like one of those you just see right away. And you're like, all right, move on. Like, we'll just kind of like check in after that one. That's the red zone. Yeah, that's the red zone game. That's, that's the game the that if you wait for touchdowns. Red zone. Yeah. And, shows and, up on red zone, I'm okay. And that's the worst. That's the worst type of team to be a fan of too, because you have Flacco as your quarterback. Like, there's real no hope. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're watching the old man Flacco run out right, and you're like, oh man, whatever. Even if they. Will at least at least if Wilson's back, at least you're like no right. hunter, or huh? Nothing. You're at least you're like all right. At least he's in his second year. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> if the Cougar's back, yeah, uh, yeah. If, when he comes back, at least he got there's a goddamn Cougar in the car. Good reference. <laughs> uh, the Jets suck. That's what it is right now. I, if I was a fan, they remind me of like a team that. That that's that's a one pick material. I, on my list later, I have. Can we eliminate anyone? I think we what we might be able to eliminate the Jets from the playoff picture. We might. I mean, no. I already consider them eliminated from playoff contention. Let's see, my list of of teams eliminated. Um, the Panthers. After one week. <laughs> I have the Bears are eliminated and they no, won. The Bears won. The Bears <laughs> yeah, but they suck. I'm telling you, they suck. They weren't good. They're not good. But hey, okay, so I can't eliminate the Falcons yet because I know they're gonna find a way to get it together. Um, can we eliminate the Lions? I think we. we I feel like we can. Eliminate but they actually thirty-five points. You can't eliminate. They look surprised. I know they put up thirty-five points. It's the Eagles. Um, yeah, the Jags are eliminated already. Um, oh, I get eliminated. I, I would say eliminate Washington too because Washington still looks like shit. Yeah, I'm uh, Washington because I have Terry McCorn on my fantasy team and Carson Wentz didn't utilize him until it was too late. Eliminate the Cowboys because they can't do anything. And... I love how we eliminated three teams at one. <laughs> <laughs> There's 17 week, more weeks of this. Commanders, commanders fans, tune in next week. week. Might not feel different. And decide who we're gonna eliminate. Okay, this week, all right, we're gonna eliminate all right the Chiefs, even though they're you know six and one. Uh, the Seahawks haven't even played, played yet. They're eliminated. Yeah, yeah they're eliminated. Take a look at the winners. <laughs> just take a look at the winners and which one of these winners actually suck. And that's what this. Hey, welcome back to Tommy the Gridiron. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, unrelated, but, like, I guess next question, like, which quarterback who played, who started, was, like, the most surprising for y'all? Okay, hmm. question. I, I was – immediately I kind of went to the – I was – my went to the Browns-Panthers game. Like, those quarterbacks kind of surprised me, like, the way they kind of played a little bit, especially towards the end. Uh, just kind of keeping the game a little bit there. I, I just thought it would have been worse, maybe, like, more like a Flacco-type performance from – uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I thought uh, – I don't know. I, I mean, I had I, it was kind of an was... ugly offensive game. I thought Hertz probably played the best, but he was playing against the Lions. So he kind of surprised me. I, I was, I kind of thought he was going to be a little overrated. So I, when I saw his numbers today, 
and that I kind of was like, all right, he kind of jumped out to me a little bit. It's a good bit. call. I, th- I mean, not to bring it back to this game again, it's Burrow, how bad he played in that first three quarters. I, it's I was just about to say, there was more quarterbacks that surprised me with how badly they played. Kyle yeah. Murray was one of them. Kyle yeah, Murray looked like he was already on to the new map of, of Call of Duty because uh, <laughs> here's here's how bad it was. It's the quarter – you remember that coach from – if you watched uh, – oh, Last Chance You, and it was the Independence Community College coach, the, the white guy from Compton that talks like he's from the hood, and yeah. he was doing a film breakdown. He goes, just with the way the defense is lined up, Kyler Murray should know that he has to make sure that his tight end doesn't go out in the route. And he doesn't even look to this side of the field. So he's clearly not following the film stipulation that was in his contract that they, quote, <laughs> took out. And that they, they got to put that shit back in there because he needs as much help as you can get. That was <laughs> – it was, and the pairing uh, with Cliff Kingsbury just makes it even worse. Yeah, I don't think he's doing not much a whole bunch of smart. Yeah, there's not a whole bunch of brain cells being rubbed together there. There's uh, just two pretty boys off and like staring at each other in a mirror. And that's about as much uh, film study as as you get out of Arizona. And yeah, the like Chiefs are guys a defensive who, team. The Chiefs yeah. are not a defensive juggernaut, and they were absolutely killing the Cardinals today. No, it's like two guys who have been told they've been great their whole lives. It's like coming together and. All of a sudden, you have guys who are game planning and who actually do this for a living. Being like, ah, yeah, you have some natural ability, but. Guys that take it seriously? Yeah. I think you're right, though, Jimmy. I think it's more how the quarterbacks play bad, though. I think that's the biggest takeaway some scenes from. Like, because if you look at, like, Matt Ryan threw for the most yards, I think, and he threw one touchdown. I think that's the right call there. I mean, I was like, the offenses were way behind the defenses, it felt like. It it was so crazy because. Um, that usually isn't the case. Um, no, it's not. And <clears throat> and then you see in the next window, you know, Kirk Cousins is lighting it up, Justin Herbert's lighting it up. And I was watching NFL um, Network this morning, and I don't know who it was who had said that they had picked Kirk Cousins. It's, it might have been – I don't think it was – it was, it was Michael Urban. Everyone's roasting him. They're like, why are you picking Kirk Cousins for your MVP? And it's like, well, he has, you know, two of the best receivers. Doesn't even throw to Adam Thielen. Yeah. <laughs> they were – I mean, Kevin O'Connell had that team. They looked totally different than yeah, under yeah. Mike Zimmer. So, I mean, I think the Vikings have a little bit more to be to be pretty excited about. Uh, since we haven't done one of these yet, before we get to our next topic, wanted to mention we are uh, partnered with Row One Brand. So, if you want to check out Row One Brand at The Cool Stub on Twitter – uh, and you go to robotbrand.com, you get 15% off anything in the art gallery when you use promo code BSP15. BSP15, you get 15% off everything with Robot Brand. Also, in the Clutch Sports, you get 10% off anything in your order when you use code Variety Sports. That's all one word. Proud uh, affiliates of the Variety Sports Network and Talking the Gridiron here exclusively on BSN. All right. Are there any other games that we feel like we should hit on before? Uh, we, we maybe get into more of just some, some of the news that might have been happening uh, around the league. Anything else that anybody wanted to bring up outside of the games we've talked about so far? Another quarterback that looked bad while he was gone was Dak. He looked terrible. With C.D. Lamb, they didn't replace their weapons at all on the outside. I was playing and, against him in fantasy, and he did exactly what I was hoping he would. I, I just don't know what the Cowboys are going to do with just C.D. And, like, he's too slow to break anything off of major consequence and they have nothing really to threaten any safety help. So I think the Cowboys might be in a world of hurt. 
It, it, Tom Brady just dinks and dunks this team. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like, he just dinks and dunks the team to death. This is crazy, those two quarterbacks. How, how, how different they are. It's like a nightmare matchup when Tom Brady's going up against a, coach, a team coached by Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy's got nothing prepared and has no idea what they're going to do, and Tom Brady's just like slice, 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 slice. I think that's going to be – I other than the fact that Yes, Dak and Zeke have aged pretty poorly after that first season where they were both rookies. I think Mike McCarthy's the biggest downfall for Dallas. I thought that Dan Quinn was going to take over and be the head coach. I really did. I thought they were going to fire McCarthy and just Dan Quinn. 28 to 3. You make a valid point there. But also, Belichick was the other coach on that side, and Belichick got whooped by Miami. So, there's there's that. I wanted to – the the I would say that the Browns. What do we think of the Browns roster outside? We all we all know that we hate. We would rather see the Browns lose every game just with everything that Deshaun. I think that's a personal opinion you have. I also want to see Deshaun Watson. You know, get set. Oh, okay, I agree with the Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm. That's why I was saying. Okay. Not so much. I thought as a bank as a bank fan. No, because <laughs> let's see, the Browns are not relevant. As much as the Bengals were never relevant, the Browns are not relevant in that in that regard. In my head, it's mainly just because of Deshaun Watson. I think their roster outside of them they prove why they moved as much to to get Deshaun Watson. Kareem Hunt today was an absolute stud. He worked worked me over in fantasy. Two touchdowns, and he's not even up on the bench. Yeah, he he scored twenty three points against me. Twenty three points. Is there a bigger overreaction than the Chiefs releasing him after his video came out? Because if the Chiefs had Kareem Hunt as their running back instead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I don't know. This this guy needs his own backfield. Carrying it with Tubbs, it's it's not. I don't know. It's just two two top ten backs in the same you backfield. You need that in the NFL now, though. You need two running backs. You don't need it. I I I'd rather have it. It was probably a little bit quick, but honestly, too, if you think about it, it was right after Ray Rice's whole situation happened. Mm. Even after the Ray Rice video came out and everybody was in agreement that it was one of the worst things that anybody had seen, there were still people in Baltimore like, this is this is BS. The NFL is out to get the Ravens. That's why they're suspending them. And no team's going to pick them up because it, it's a conspiracy. So I, I think that the circumstances surrounding when his video came out was probably a little bit more that more to do than what he actually did. I just wish Hunt had his own backfield. Hey, I, I, Joe Mixon has one of the worst videos that ever came out about you oh my God. somebody in college. And oh, yeah. the, the details surrounding it make it even worse. I mean, it kind of justified – it never justified what he did, but you can kind of see where he was coming from at certain points if you know the full backstory of it. But if you just watch the video, it's a 225-pound college running back. Uh, he's, he's, hitting, he's hitting a college girl as hard as he can in the face. Whether or not she said some racist remark before that. Kid, not something that you're normally allowed to do. But hey, if you can run the ball really well and avoid tacklers, I guess the life the rules apply a little bit differently. I don't know. As far as that. what we were talking about, the Browns, their roster is loaded. It's really, I mean, other they have some weakness on the outside of receiver, but they have Garrett. They have Denzel Ward. They have the safety that I can't think of off the top of my head who's pretty good. And if you have a pass rush and you can cover a little bit, you're going to be pretty good. I thought the Panthers looked okay too in that game. 
thought they looked all right too. Uh, they showed a little bit more fight than I thought that did. I mean, they were beating him. Yeah, but Baker, Baker is like a wide receiver killer. Like DJ Moore was inadequate at team. Like OBJ was there and he was in that. I just it doesn't make sense why these good receivers. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. They just but they were winning, like you were saying. So. Yeah, the Browns are an interesting team. That will be one team that going forward here as we do this. It'll be interesting how they start out these first six games. Uh, and then when they get Watson back, how that actually, like, how it affects the play, maybe. Who knows? I should probably echo the sentiment my co-host said on, on our show on Wednesday. But if you're going to be betting on the Browns at all, bet them before week 11. Because if you bet them when Deshaun Watson's eligible to play, there's no way that's going to work out, no matter who you're betting them against. That's like the worst bad juju. That's that's asking for a bad luck streak if you try and bet on the Browns after Deshaun Watson's eligible to play again. Definitely no player. Uh, definitely no player props. I'll be quiet. Unless it's like <laughs> massages given within an hour. But you know, he uh, led the I mean, league in tugs last year, and he didn't even play. <laughs> Talk about relaxed. The guy was the most relaxed guy in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> how much can how far can we go before Brandon just decides to take this show away? <laughs> you guys are gone. Brandon's Uh-oh. like, I can't do this all by myself, guys. I can't. Like, oops, we're trying. Well, there was a lot of flash. <laughs> to be honest, I could see where, where our comments might have been a bit premature. Um, <laughs> and in that in that regard, I, I apologize for that. Uh, no, I uh, anything else that sticks out before I think we could probably we're probably safe to get into a little bit of a break and then we can maybe start talking about uh, news going into Monday Night Football Any, anything else that you guys want to bring up before we get into that sounds good alright we're going to take a, about a minute break we'll be back here on Variety Sports Network's exclusive home for NFL Talk the Talking the Gridiron show here with myself Jake from Jake's Takes Podcast and Darren and Tyler from the Fat Play Fadeaway Sports Podcast we'll be right back <laughs> Here they come. So we we talked about uh, most of the opening slate. We're going to talk a little bit here about Monday Night Football game. It's unfortunate that my co-host is not able to make the show tonight because his team is the, what is the a visiting team here in the Monday Night Football matchup. Plus, they got a little bit of a rich narrative with their new quarterback. Uh, <clears throat> outside of the whole Russell Wilson, so where did? As two people that are completely outside of the Denver sphere and, and the Seattle, I guess you guys are closer to the Seattle. I hate Seattle. Yeah. Um, 
Are you, so how, I guess, Tyler, how much are you hoping that Russell Wilson goes out tomorrow and absolutely lights up the Seattle Seahawks? I want to see Denver not give Melvin Gordon the ball is what I want to say. I want to see them feature Javante Williams and like, I just think he's an excellent back and I think he's going to be exciting to watch. Or Melvin, and I understand the two-back system you need now in the NFL, but that's the guy who I want to watch tomorrow. And I just hate Seattle. I hate Pete Carroll chomping on that gum. And I can't wait for them to be terrible again. It's going to be a good time. It was one of the, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. It, was, it was just one of the weirder situations where you're trying to choose between a 70-year-old head coach and a quarterback who's won you a Super Bowl, yet when he won you the Super Bowl, he, you were able to go back there and not not complete it. So what what was your thoughts there and when the whole Seattle rush saga was taking place? Yeah, I thought it was kind of a weird deal at the big like the way they it kind of went about at the very beginning. Yeah, I know it was, it was like all the way when Wilson made comments on like the Dan Patrick show, just kind of like underlining comments there that kind of started the whole thing a little bit. Uh, it's I'm kind of I kind of we kind of all saw this eventually coming here. I think it's good for. And I think Denver was one of the teams we saw it coming to. The, the thing I'm interested in for tomorrow is, A, he's coming back to Seattle. So I'm interested in the reception he gets. I'm interested to see how he plays in that uh, in that environment. And in week one, I'm actually kind of curious to see how uh, Denver's receivers do. I keep hearing a lot about these guys, the receivers, and they just need a better quarterback. Um, you know, that's what we've been hearing because Locke, and, and given Locke is not good, but we've been hearing these receivers are pretty solid. So I feel like if Wilson and is as good as we know Wilson is, I'd like to, I'm kind of interested in the the Suttons of the world and see how they perform with the Wilson. I, I think the guy that kind of stands out that everybody's looking to see whether or not they're able to take the next step is Jerry Judy, because Jerry Judy was the first receiver taken in that class where Justin Jefferson was drafted. And, uh, uh, Rugs was taken before him, I believe. Yeah, okay. So it was, but, it was those two, but he was considered the quote the most yeah, polished, it was NFL-ready wide receiver, and he's come in and done absolutely nothing with that. He he hasn't had the greatest quarterbacks. He's had three different offensive coordinators, and this will be another challenge for him. But here's the thing that I've been close to the team and being around Denver and what I've been hearing with uh, sports talk radio surrounding it. Not only is he not doing anything with his God-given abilities, he's also not putting in the requisite amount of work away from the, the game to be able to actually move himself forward and, and take that next step. He's not putting in extra practice time. He's complaining just about the amount of targets that he gets. And I really don't know if I believe in his maturity level to be able to be a number two receiver for this team now. Now that Tim Patrick is down, it's Corlin Sutton, it's Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy is going to be expected to be – a major contributor for the time being and in the immediate future for the Denver Broncos. And he has not proven himself to be that guy in the NFL level. He was it a little bit in college, but he's not that guy in the NFL. Who's the tight end right now for Denver? They lost. Who's the, it's not oh, Okunye or Okawebanon. Albert Okawebanon. Thank goodness you said it. Thank you. <laughs> That's the, the color commentator broadcaster in me. Okawebanon. Yeah. Alberto. Hey, we just call him Alberto. You can just call him Alberto. What do you guys think of Denver's defense a little bit this year, too? That, that's kind of the intriguing part, too. They always seem to be kind of, you know, they, they traded Miller, obviously, a few years ago and lost, lost that identity with him. Who's kind of considered the main guy, like the leader of that defense? Like, you know. It would probably be, I mean, Josie Jewell is the guy that wears the green dot. Uh, 
he's the the is that that nickname or is that the guy's real name? Because I've never even heard that name. Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell. He was the he's been a linebacker at Iowa uh, three four years ago now. I want to say. Okay. Uh, Was under Fangio. They had the talent, but they were also not doing any not doing themselves any favors. They were never playing with the lead. So. The sentiment around Denver's defense is they might not be – they're definitely not as talented as back in 2015. We're not – they're not expecting a no-fly zone level performance. But with an offense that can score and you're not playing from behind the entire time, you should be able to, one, rush the passer because the team's going to have to throw their catch up to you. And, two, you should be able to play a little bit more loose and actually use some of the talent. They've invested heavily on the defensive side of the ball. Pats are 10 has the ability to be a top five corner in the in the AFC. I'll say in the AFC right now for this season, he'd be a top five corner in the AFC. I think he might be able to be the number one corner in the AFC West, if if I'm being 100% honest. Wow. He, has that, he has that amount of upside. So there's guys that are there. It's all just dependent on whether or not the offense can actually get them a lead so that they can win a game. Well, that's what kind of makes tomorrow kind of interesting because you have Metcalf and Lockett on Seattle, right? You have, like, two legit receivers, but then you don't have anybody. We're trying to, you know, Gino. Gino's throwing the ball. Obviously, he's been capable of winning a game. But we've seen in week one, you know, nothing's guaranteed here. Monday night, you figure the crowd's going to be jacked up in Seattle. You know, Denver, as long as they don't – I think Denver, the key is, with anything, avoid that turnover to get Seattle an early lead, and then you'll probably be fine. Don't do Can I break a little news real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Cowboys QB Dak Prescott will need surgery. Expected to be out several weeks. <laughs> surgery on what? On his hand, his right hand. He hit a. He threw the ball and hit a person's helmet. Cowboy news. All right, Cowboys Central. <sighs> out several weeks. Who's the, but who's the safety in Denver that's really good? Just it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with him and Sertain, do you have a second corner or is there? With not one that's like a, a true notable two corner. Yeah, it's not like when the nose fly zone had T.J. Ward at safety and then Aqib Talib and Chris Harris Jr. as your one and two quarter cornerbacks and Bradley Roby. They were able to let Bradley Roby be the second corner quote and then use Chris Harris in the slot because Chris Harris Jr. is one of the best slot cornerbacks that has played in the NFL in the last fifteen years. So they don't have that amount of depth, but they've been drafting enough guys on that defensive side of the football. And George Payton is much better at drafting than John Elway was. I don't know what John Elway's everybody likes to say was a tape measure because if you were tall, he was willing to draft you. But I really don't know what he was looking for when he was choosing the players for this franchise. Everything right now is set up to go. It's I think that it's gonna be I'm I've been trying to temper Nico's expectations. I've been trying to temper the Broncos fans that I know I have in my life's expectations. I don't think it's going to go very smoothly, and it's because of the same thing that I brought up earlier today. When you don't play your starters in the preseason, this is a new quarterback, a new coach, and none of your receivers have played in the live game with your, your starting quarterback. There's going to be timing issues. There's going to be, I didn't know you were going to throw me the ball because I've never played with you in that situation issue. So I think that this game, the Broncos are probably going to be my pick to win it if I were, were going to have to make a pick. But I think it's going to be very close. It's going to be very ugly. And plus, it might be raining in Seattle because they like to oh. do that. Do that. The thing, the thing you mentioned that I argued back with you on is Russell Wilson isn't really a timing type quarterback. It's a lot of improvisation, a lot of 
running for first downs when he needs a first down. And then I don't know how good the O-line is in Denver. Obviously, you know better than I do being in the area, hearing all the local talk. It needs to get better, but it's not terrible. And then uh, just – I, I just Russell Wilson finds out finds ways to win games that he has no business winning. It's a Niner yeah. fan. I've seen it way too often. Where it's hard for me to bet against the guy. Where I don't know. I just so like I'm not that's my like. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely not betting against him, and I won't wouldn't say that Geno Smith is a good enough quarterback to beat Russell Wilson ever. That that is <laughs> not gonna the quarterback duel is gonna be heavily in in the Broncos' favor. I just don't know if they're going to be able to score as many points as people are predicting. There's people that I've talked to that are thinking the Broncos are going to go out there in Seattle tomorrow on Monday Night Football and against Pete Carroll, who hasn't shown to get himself blown out, put up 48 points. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, well, NFL teams, NFL yeah, teams struggle to score 40 points just in general, especially let alone week one when you haven't played in an actual game before. So – that's what I'm dealing with living in yeah. Denver is is that level of enthusiasm and excitement. And it, I can't wait for Tuesday. I'm bookmarking that I need to download the, the, the Denver Sports Podcast on Tuesday from the ESPN affiliate because if they lose, that's it's my guilty pleasure. I like listening to the local radio station and having all the people call in that's and so just funny. listening to the, the metaphors that they give for their team. I swear, there was one one year where the Broncos had one of the worst losses of all time, and this guy who's totally hammered, he goes, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I've had a few. I got out of the bathroom recently, and I looked down, and that was where that Broncos performance deserved to be. I was like, <laughs> Okay, you definitely you are not happy. That is what I'm gathering from this little exchange here is that you're not happy. So I guess we can start there and we can move on. But uh, that's that's my, one of my guilty pleasures. I'm hoping at some point we have a phone line for this show. Oh, we because gotta get I would one, man. Love. We gotta get one because I feel like once we get like some people calling in, like that's where we can react to like you, you idiot. We would have had like, angry I don't Washington. care getting ripped on. Call me an idiot yeah, all right. day long. I don't care. You yeah. know, whatever we could go back and forth. That's what this is for. So hopefully that'll be fun. I hope we do that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have to look in how to do it. I know that there's, we went on a, a thunder, a Tampa yeah. Bay lightning podcast uh, during the Stanley cup playoffs. And they did a live, they have a live phone line set up through their stream yard and, Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple of listen to their episodes a couple times is like interesting because yeah, there's yeah. some people that just call in. That was one of the weird things when we were going through college radio. We They had a phone in the station, but they tried not to give the number out so that nobody would have to take a call on the air because they're like, we don't have a big enough FCC budget to cover F bombs. <laughs> and we live in a college town. This is a college station. I know the people that are calling in are going to be drunk or lost yeah. and trying to figure something out. Uh, Where'd you go to college again? Western Colorado. Western Colorado. That's like really snowy, right? Yeah, it's where Eckler went. Uh, Austin Eckler. It's the same same school where he went. That's sick. Yeah, I remember talking about that now on the Fat Boy Fadeaway podcast. You can find that on mm-hmm. YouTube if you were if you were watching. <laughs> so can I ask real quick? So we all, you have Denver obviously winning tomorrow, Jimmy, or do you got Seattle? Yeah, yeah, I got Denver. I don't I don't think that Seattle's gonna. That's not. I, think, I took Denver too, so I think I think we're going Denver. Who I, is Seattle the worst? Like. No, the it's the Bears. The you league. said the Bears were the worst team. Ever. No, no, no. They're the worst one and O team. I said. No, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I think. I think when you still have Metcalf and Lockett, you're at least like capable at the moment. 
So we'll see. But that's like Denver the last five years with Sutton and. But I was going to say here's the here's exactly Seattle is living what Denver has gone through for the last three years with Drew Lock, and they're doing it with Drew Lock also. So that's <laughs> even crazier. That is. Yes, we get. And Nico tried to make that same argument to me, and I tried to point out that it was the same thing he was telling me for three years, except he wouldn't buy it. There's a reason Geno Smith is starting. It is because Drew Locke will make a catastrophic mistake at some point. It's always. The Broncos were playing the Bengals and had the chance to win that game and go to the playoffs or have a chance to go to the playoffs. And Drew Locke actually handed the ball like it was the water boy to the Bengals linebacker. He's like, oh, here, I fumbled. Oh, no, I don't have the ball anymore. So that was always going to happen. There's a reason why the guy never gets a shot to play at the NFL level. Yeah, Turnover machine, turnover machine. I always and, found it weird. I thought this week they did the two Monday night games, but I guess it's next week they're going to do. I was hoping. I was hoping they were doing it. I, I sounded like an idiot on our show on on Wednesday on the far end of the bench podcast, which you can hear on Wednesdays. Uh, I said, "Yeah, we don't I even have to pick." Yeah, I was hoping. I I love the double header because I've done well. This year will be different because Aikman and Buck are Monday night football. Yeah. It was the worst chain of events for me this morning because the Bengals lose on CBS and then Tony Romo and Jim Nance were calling the game at, right after. So I went from watching the Bengals lose in overtime to having to sit through Tony <laughs> Romo. I forgot was, you're not a Romo. Are you not a Romo guy? I, I haven't met too many non-Romo guys out here. the worst. Him and Jim Nance are the absolute worst together. Oh, I love Jim Nance. Romo I'm not huge, but Nance I love. You if I wanted like to watch fun, the Masters right? every week, I would watch the Masters when Jim Nance is calling that. I don't need him doing golf announcing during football games. Tyler, I think he liked Buck, actually. I know you're not as bu- a Buck fan as much as uh, you like him for football. Buck blows. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. Sorry. Tyler's like the opposite of me. That's yeah. Yeah. Buck. What does Buck, Buck do to, to earn? He hates the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> he, 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 they play the Cardinals of the NLCS, yeah, yeah, and it, he gets on his knees and tells, and tells like you how good the Cardinals that's are. What that's what it is. It's more baseball-oriented. You Giants men like to find stuff to complain about when there was an eight-year stretch where you win the World Series every other year. Six years. Okay, yeah. Big complainers over here, that's fine. Uh, well, it should be a good game. I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Last game of the week. See if who pulls it out. Yeah, last game of the week. Do we want to talk a little bit? Because we didn't have a show on Tuesday about that Thursday night game and what exactly happened to the defending Super Bowl champions before we kind of wrap things up and, and get on with, with the rest of the show. Yeah, what did you find more interesting? The Rams, like, kind of not looking good at all or the Bills looking like the dominant favorite after week one? Like, to me, those are the two angles, like, the Rams is like Stafford at times. He looked terrible. Like they look just, and then you look at the Bills, and it's like, good lord, <laughs> wow, we might have a we might have a juggernaut on our team this year. Yeah, I really didn't. I mean, I didn't expect it to get that out of hand in Week One. That's for sure, especially on opening night. Normally, the Super Bowl champion has some pride on the banner nights. Um, that was non-existent there. No, that was. Especially, too, you think about it, three weeks ago is when Aaron Donald was swinging the helmets at Lyle Collins and trying to fight the entire Cincinnati Bengals squad. And then on Thursday, he gets absolutely annihilated for 
the entire two and a half hours of the game, makes no plays, and is a non-factor, and his team gets throttled. And there was not a single ounce of fight in that Los Angeles Rams team. They ran the ball out. They ran the clock out at the end of the game. They didn't even try to salvage some sort of pride. It was really disheartening to see how, like I said, the, the Super Bowl teams from last year, I will go ahead and make this take right now. There's a possibility that the Super Bowl champion, the Super Bowl teams from last year are the worst two teams that we've seen play in the Super Bowl for the last five years. Because the way that the Bengals came out and responded, the way that the Rams came out and responded, uh, those are two teams that were just happy to make it there at one point, and now they're going to ride out whatever else is going on through the rest of the season. But I do think that the Bills' defensive line is, a, is something that we all need to talk about, take notice, expect from now on. Not a single blitz, and they sacked Matthew Stafford seven times, six times. Oh, Vaughn Miller. I think you said the best tweet about Vaughn Miller. I think, I think it was you. The best it natural pass been, rusher. Yeah, I think that was Nico, but we were on the same page too. I He's never, filthy what, what he does. He, it's crazy. They have a new – they created a pass rush move for Vaughn Miller with that move where the – the left tackle was going to try and grab him around the shoulders just so that he didn't sack Stafford and missed. They called that a ghost rush because he was there and then he disappeared and he was sacking the quarterback. But I've never seen somebody with the ability to dodge an offensive lineman's pass rush strike so effortlessly. No, he's Because that's the thing that I can't – I coach linemen. I, I try and coach uh, kids, and I can't tell them watch Von Miller tape because if I tell them to go watch Von Miller tape and go do that – yeah, go ghost rush. Sorry? I can't levitate. My, my, my shoulders don't lead like that. I'm not six foot four and 250 pounds and run a four or five forty. I I can't do that. That's not not possible for me. Like a Kilio Mac, you can watch and you can say, yeah, just get really strong and then forklift guys. Reggie White, get really, really strong, forklift guys. Von Miller, you're like, I guess get faster off the ball and then work on your balance to the point where you could be standing with your head three three feet off the ground and you're still running twice as fast as anybody else does forward. That's, Getting an edge. It's Allen and Mahomes. Can I, can I point that out for my big takeaway this week? It's just Allen and Mahomes. These guys are going to battle for the MVP, I think, this year. it's They just seem like they're both – You're leaving out one guy, but No, I, I might be. I'm just saying I just I think they look at each other as the top guys in terms of how young guys – They're I think they – kind of compare their stats a little bit you know they might not say it but i think they're kind of keeping an eye on how we, one of them are doing that's just how i feel when i watch them play i, I would like to do each other i would like to point out jalen ramsey because i had to deal with an, an entire <laughs> offseason he was my loser of, of the week of eli i had to deal with an entire offseason of people saying eli apple is burnt toast and eli apple sucks and this and that yeah Jalen Ramsey apparently thought that that was teach tape and tried to do the exact same performance on Thursday night because he was he was flying all over the place. Stephon Diggs had that man falling in front of him, like not even covering the guy, just falling falling down in front of him. Yeah, the the Rams defense is in dire need of some help. Bobby Wagner was not the help that they were expecting him to be. Uh-huh. It's all about the pass rush. It's not these middle linebackers that make like a huge difference. You have to have an edge guy who, and Donald up the middle, is a huge threat. But they were able but, to they were able to neutralize Donald up the middle. Yeah, exactly. Without Von Miller on the outside. And my biggest takeaway as a Niner fan, the NFC West sucked this week, and Seattle is probably going to get blown out on Monday night. Is what I'm thinking. So that's zero and four. Ooh. 
And I, it's just, but the Rams have these stinkers. They did it against the Titans on Monday night last year. They and I just I expect them to bounce back. That's the thing very, that would concern me if I'm a Rams fan. He I agree. Look, he just looked. He looked weird. He just didn't leave. It looked. He didn't look like he had velocity on it. His elbows bugging him, and he. When you have that kind of an injury, you can't throw the way that he's always thrown. He has. He doesn't have a good motion. So then you have the elbow injury, the bad motion. You get. You don't have the velocity that you used to be able to throw it with. So. I Before we move on. Yeah, can we, he went. He, he talked about Mahomes and Allen as a two mode. Is Herbert in that? I put Herbert right there with those two guys. No. I put, I'm he's gonna have the hype. He's gonna be in the. He's gonna be in the conversation because he's gonna have the hype behind him, and he's the young young gun. I don't necessarily think that he's gonna. I think he's better, to be honest. We'll see. It, yeah, he might be better, but I don't think that his team. That's the one thing about the fans of teams in the AFC West is that they know the Chargers at some point are gonna do something and just shoot themselves. Blow. They're gonna be JPP holding a firework and it's gonna explode in their. They almost did it today. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they gave yeah. the Raiders more chances than they deserved. I know that. <laughs> yeah, they did. They almost, they almost went charger there. I feel like they're holding it. They're holding an explosive in their hand. They're thinking that it's not going to explode and it's going to blow up at some point. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think I the Chargers roster is unreal. Like with Mac and Bosa it on the outside, it, it's the coach. The, Staley scares me. Like, I was like, if they lose today, if they blow this lead to the Raiders, I'm firing them after this game. You've blown enough games. You blew the whole last season for us. One game tonight, you're gone. I'm not doing this again. Like, but they pulled it out, so now here we are. But, yeah, I just, I like the Chargers. I just don't like the coach. The thing about the Chargers, and it's the same thing that I had to deal with with the Bengals, too, they were the two teams that had the most amount of time when they played, I think they played week 11 or 12 last season, they had the most amount of time ahead by 20 points and the most amount of time behind by 20 points. So it's feast or famine, and they're either really, really good or they are really bad and look like they shouldn't even be out there on Sundays. But they did look good today, and I think Herbert, with three touchdowns, he's in, in that early season and that first quarter of the season MVP race. He's in there, kind of like where Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray always are. He's going to be the one that I'm looking for to take the next step and actually, you know, if he's able to do what Burrow did and, and throw you know, less than eight, ten, eight to ten interceptions and thirty touchdowns, yeah, I think he's probably going to be in that MVP conversation, at least offensive, you know, player of the year, and and the Chargers should be in the playoffs if that's happening too. If he's having that good of a season, the Chargers should should directly benefit. And none of his top weapons did anything today of, like, real note. Yeah, I know. Keenan Allen was one of my receivers, and I was like, well. He got hurt, right? That was was great, but. He started off good in the first quarter, and then it was kind of nothing. And Mike Williams didn't do anything. Eckler didn't do anything. So, that's why I like – I just like Herbert. I think he's special. He's definitely one of the big three, for sure. But I just don't think he's on Allen and Mahomes level yet. People probably put him in that same category as Burrow just because they still have to. Well, I mean, Allen, if Allen didn't look as good as he did the other night, I don't think we're talking about Allen as a surefire MVP candidate. Allen would probably be in that same tier as Burrow if he didn't do what he did on, on Thursday night. Maybe so. I, maybe it's because I picked him to an MVP, too. I'm a little biased. Yeah, I, yeah that, that has probably has a lot to do with it. And Nico, Nico picked the Bills as his Super Bowl champion like three weeks before the season started. I think it was after they walloped the 
Broncos in preseason. He's like, this Bills team is legit. I just want to say that right now. And I go, yeah, you're really saying stuff that nobody's ever said before. That's groundbreaking. Uh, did you know that the earth is round as well? And that the wheel can help you carry stuff up, carry stuff up a hill. Uh, but it do, is- you have, do you have a Super Bowl prediction on record yet? Not not one that I'm 100% confident in. I <laughs> well, no one's 100% confident. Yeah. Well, but... that's the thing. He was. He was like, the Bills. I know, okay. What about this? The Bills. Okay. It's, um, Fair enough. I would say. If you had to do it right now. It's not the Chargers. It's not going to be the Rams. It would probably be the Buccaneers from the NFC. And in the AFC. I think the Chiefs. I think that the downfall of the Chiefs was premature, and they probably should have been in the Super Bowl last season if the Bengals weren't able to figure out the, their way to win in overtime. So I think the Chiefs are probably still going to be around there. And Mahomes looked just just fine with Juju Smith-Schuster instead of Tyreek Hill. He looked the Did part. not seem like it fell off that quite that much. <laughs> I was here, too. People were predicting that, that was Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were going to be pissed off with the amount of slander that they heard in the offseason, and I would say that their performance kind of showed that. Oh, yeah. And we knew I think Darren was saying that on our show, to be honest. I mean, the only thing that didn't happen is I thought he was going to throw the bomb on the first play, but he didn't do that. But they came out and just basically ran down the field, you know, like, a, you know. Andy Reid is a buffet guy. You don't sprint at the buffet. You go oh, you methodically sure. make your way around the spread. <laughs> And then at some point, you especially if you're a crafty vet, yeah, he is a vet now. Um, that was the other hilarious thing too. I I know that we moved on from the Sunday games, but just going into that Jets game, the way Jets fans were talking themselves into Joe Flacco was that he throws a veteran ball. <laughs> you could never talk into Joe Flacco at this point, being anything no, other than never. a terrible quarterback. The fact that he won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP is like one of the most mind-boggling stats. That should be something in 20 years when that gets brought up in a trivia game. Yeah, and against a Niners team that is very good, that Niners team would be a lot of Super Bowl. Didn't Patrick Willis? Wasn't Patrick Willis on that team? Yeah, Patrick. That team was loaded. Bowman, Willis, Alden Smith in his prime, Justin. They just were missing a quarterback. I mean, he even played good in that season. But yeah, you're right. he turned out to be a receiver, too. The receiver core was always pretty good. Um, Michael Crabtree being Crabtree, Vernon Davis was a beast. Yeah, Crabtree, but I mean, they didn't have that vertical. It was always kind of like their thing, right? They didn't have the vertical guy down. Yeah, but they weren't a, they were running the defensive team. It wasn't like a – they were low – that team was very good, and I can't believe they lost to that city rankings, <laughs> too. Hey, they got well, lucky they beat the Broncos on a Hail Mary. They didn't yeah, even deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But then if the Broncos play in that Super Bowl, the Broncos probably whoop the whoop the 49ers. That's the best Broncos so. team. That's the best Broncos team of the Peyton Manning era. Well the Niners defense was good. It was good, but not good enough. The Ravens kind of worked like it. Hey, one of my last questions I got for you is who do you guys got as a show me team for week two? And what I mean by that is like who's got a step? Who who are you looking for something? Like for me, it's the Colts. I'm like, all right, people pick you to win the division. You tie the Texans, for goodness sakes. You had to come down from 17. Show me you're actually a division candidate here, like people thought you were. Come on, Matt Ryan. People told me that you're gonna you're gonna help you're gonna take the Colts to a different level. So for me, that's like a show me team that I kind of want to see. Let, you know, step up here in week two. I'll you know, be a homer real quick. It's the 49ers. Yeah, that's a good call for sure. They they gotta show me something more than what they put out against the Chicago Bears. They look Terrible. They're, the offense, I can't get through how bad they looked. 
they were so it was I was so disappointed in Shanahan. I was like and then I don't know if it was Lance not being able to execute Shanahan's plan or if Shanahan's plan just was so conservative that it looked this bad. So it's a Niners for me. I want to say, I mean, I would like the Bengals to make a, a quick turnaround and, and do better than, but that's just the fan in me. I would say the show me team that I have probably, <clears throat> I'm going to say the Titans because the Titans, other than the Colts, were the odds on pick for the AFC South and to, should technically be the best team in that division. I think they have one of the better coaches. Rabel and Riker are the two best coaches in the AFC South. So if Rabel, whether this really bad loss that you had against New York at home when you shouldn't have lost and hopefully figure out how you're going to make a run. Because remember last year, they were the number one seed in the AFC and they played the most amount of players ever from start to finish of the NFL season. So they've overcome adversity and it's not like they started off super hot at the beginning of last year. So I think that they have it. And I love Taylor Luan. He's one of my favorite offensive linemen to watch and, and root for. So I would like them to be my team. So I'm going to say they're, they'll be my show-me team. Like, prove it, prove to me that you can win that division. If you don't go out there and win next week, you lose another close game, I'm going to say that you're probably not where you thought you were. I have two things on what you I just said. Real quick. Well, go ahead, Darren. I was looking ahead, though, just because I was like, well, let me see who the Titans play at Bills Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, show me. Prove it to me. That's going to no, be a show-me game. I hear you. That's if you win that, we're right back on number one seed Titan material. Protect Ryan Tannehill. Don't let him get sacked seven times. It's one of the reasons you love Taylor Awad because he's a big hockey fan and he can chug a beer very well. Uh, that and I like listening to Bustin' with the Boys for the comedy aspect. I don't listen to Bustin' with the Boys for any of their football analytics. I had to break that. I burst Nico's bubble the other day because he goes, "Well, Will Conference in Nebraska, University of Nebraska was going to go eleven and three, and he was legit." I said. Nico, that's a comedy show. That is not a sports analysis show. They don't know what the, what they're talking about. They're just talking to talk. They're barstool. They're trying to make a headline. Uh, but back to the Titans real quick. And you, we have a huge Memphis, like Tennessee. Somehow we have this following from Tennessee. And they hate their offensive coordinator, Matt Dowdy. They just rip on him. They blame him for everything that goes wrong in the franchise, from what I've seen. And... <laughs> I'm not a big Tannehill guy. I think Tannehill's on the, like, Garoppolo stage of his career. Like, I think they're pretty equals. Yeah. So, like, and if they beat the Bills, I'd be shocked. That is my... But they got to show up, and that's why I think that's a good show. Yeah, it is a good show. They lost the Giants at home. I mean, you can't lose the Giants at home. That's a good call there. Here's the good news. I just looked at next week's schedule, and the Bengals play the Cowboys, so... I should be in for a bounce back week, right? Jamar should be with no Dak, no weapons. You're good. And then watch us get beat because that was the thing last year. We would get beat by the backup quarterbacks. So we got beat by the Jets with Mike White. Watch Cooper Rush come out and throw three touchdowns on the Bengals in the first quarter. All of my world will completely. This show will be a very interesting show if that does end up happening. It's called the CD. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I, I guess that'll be since I'm not going to be on the Tuesday show I'll wrap up with saying uh, the game that I'm most looking forward to that I hope you guys talk about uh, when you are on here for next week I want to talk about I want you guys to talk about the Bucks and Saints because Brady still hasn't been able to figure out the Saints and 
people I've heard the talk that they should be a contender for the a- NFC South. I I want to know what your guys' thoughts would be. That, so on Tuesday when I'm listening, I'd like that to be one of the points of discussion for your your preview for the week because the Bucks and Saints is a pretty interesting matchup for me. Yeah, the Bucks Saints would be they're, they're always kind of the Saints always play the Bucks tough too. So that'll be and it's in Saints, New Orleans too. Yeah, they're Saints, gonna, they kick their ass on them. Well, I, and the Saints, I would think, would feel a little bit more. I mean, they barely pulled it out against the Falcons, so that would, you know, I think they'd feel a little bit, a little bit of urgency there. So that's a good call there with that one too. The Bucks is just with Brady, it's hard, you know. It's just like, how do they ever lose with him? Like even when the you know they lost in the playoffs, it's, just, it's hard. That, that that'd be a good call. That's that's a really good game next week too. Um, I, I I was gonna say Bengals Dallas before, but that injury kind of affects that game. I, I feel like. You know, mightily in terms of the importance of that one. Uh, if Dak was playing, I would have said that's a loser leaves town game. Like, prove that you're here to be a contender for the postseason, and if not, just quit wasting my time. I think for me, the most intriguing game is Miami at Baltimore. I, I, I don't agree. know why. I, just, I feel like that's kind of just intriguing. I don't, not necessarily the most exciting game, just kind of intriguing with these teams. Just kind of like, all right, you know, the Dolphins you played well against the Pats. We'll see if you know they'll step up here against the Ravens. Uh, and Lamar, obviously, we talked about him, Jimmy, a lot last week too, and you know, so it, that, I, that's kind of an interesting one for me. I think that for me, I think it's the Eagles versus Vikings. We get Jalen Hurts, yeah. we get Kirk Cousins with this new offense. We got the weapons. We got AJ Brown versus Team Tet. I just think that could be a really good game, and it's a rare good Monday night game. We don't see too Both many Monday of them. night doubleheaders are good. Yeah, but they're playing. Uh, yeah, those times too. That's weird. They're playing at the same time, so you can't really watch both unless you got two other TVs there. That's so kind of a weird deal. They got one at 4.15, one starting at 5.30. So, like, Why are like, B- Buffalo's favored by nine and a half? Well, you, you said Tannehill. Hey, listen. That's a huge line. Not yeah, as big as the Rams, though. The Rams are 11-point favorites. Nico, so be, uh, bet that right now. <laughs> Put it on. There it is. Titans minus nine and a half, or Titans plus nine and a half. Do I love it. that. I love that part about your guys' podcast, though, because he's always like, "I'm like that guy must like look at the lines every morning because he he knows the game with that." I'm always yeah. impressed with his knowledge of that stuff. I said it a couple <laughs> weeks ago. He's addicted to sports gambling, and I'm just addicted to making stupid bets with my teams. So I bet Brandon on the first two. I bet yes, Brandon on the first three games against the Blues. If they win two out of three, I have to teach in a blue sweater. And if if the Az win two out of three, he has to teach in an Av sweater. But uh, that has no bearing. I don't know why I made the bet, but I made it. In college, I used to do uh, since it was so snowy in Western Colorado, we would do uh, if you were the loser at the end of the season, you had to go jump jump in a snowbank in your underwear. Have you ever seen Mystery Alaska? That's like their. If you talked about whatever was said in the locker room, they make you go in your jock strap and slide across the ice into a snowbank. Basically, oh, the same, same premise. You just had to dive into the snow. Oh, How bad are the burns? Or is that, have you ever had to do that? I'm not, I can't imagine. From Southern California, I can't imagine jumping into snow. and just. Luckily, since the air, we have no moisture in our air, our skin's normally pretty tough. So mm-hmm. it's like the you hit the snow, and the snow kind of just melts off you because it's like, I don't want to deal with this. This is this is not who – this is not normal. You guys aren't really made different at the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> we have extra red blood. We do have extra red blood cells. I will say that we do have it because we're struggling to breathe all the time. We're just suffocating constantly. Yeah, we're like uh, 
have you seen Spaceballs? We're trying. We our mayor has like the can of air in his desk. He just <laughs> own the desert. all right uh anything else before we kind of wrap things up and uh plug the shows one more time this has been a fun one week two of the talking gridiron podcast you guys will be back on tuesday right is that correct i don't don't know if i'll be there tuesday i'll be here sunday every night tuesdays are gonna be hit or miss my my plans to be with you i think the guys from the delaware podcast are gonna be running that one but uh we'll be watching i'll be here the sunday ones with you guys uh every sunday here so I'll probably I'll probably jump on the Tuesday one whenever I can. If I can if I got some time, I'll I'll, I'll jump on there for sure. A little, it, it, a little earlier starting Pacific time. The six o'clock's a little tougher here. It's a little prime time here. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I it's ten thirty and I still have to wake up tomorrow and teach five classes of twelve year olds. So. Yeah, yeah, same here. Same here. I'm, I'm yeah. kinda, I got I got kindergarten first thing. In the I don't co- I don't teach, but I gotta lift heavy equipment at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I I have very a newfound respect for the two of you having kids of your own. I can't deal like some some days. There's just like there's no level. There is no limit to the amount of stupid comments that I will hear throughout the day. No. Like at the oh, end there's of no the limit week, to how far I'll go to shut that kid up. Sometimes. <laughs> well, at the at the end of my first week, I was giving a notes presentation at this. This kid went to the bathroom and he comes back and he doesn't say anything. He just walks right up to me as I'm talking to the rest of the class, giving like a major point of the notes. And he just goes, there's poop on the boy's bathroom floor. And then goes back and sits down at his desk. And I just kind of, I got the wind taken out of my sails. And I go, um, if you're going to the boys, if boys, if you're going to the bathroom, go to the one downstairs. <laughs> They don't care. They'll tell you whatever they need to say at that point. That's the best part. Can't say the darndest thing. It's uh, really the truest I, thing I've ever seen on TV. I'm but I have to write a book. Write the book with it. I am looking forward to maybe jumping on once in a while though with the Tuesday one. Um, we were talking about that with the Variety Sports Network there uh, with the guys there once. Uh, especially after like a Monday last next week. Monday's games are so good. Maybe I should jump on Tuesday if they're if they they live up to the hype with it. So yeah, I look forward to that part of it too for sure and. Uh, yeah, I think this will be good as we keep going uh, through the season here. It was good having Jake on, getting a little take from his, his take there. And I'm, I'm thinking we can get the more. Can I call out Nico real quick? I know he's busy. Nico, get your ass on here. Come yeah, on, let's go. Man. Traveling, call in. I want to, especially if the Broncos lose next week. It'd be fun to have him on. You know, the Raiders fan. We got to get him on too. We got to riff on him. It's all fun in games. We're riffing now. We're riffing now. You heard it here first on the Variety Sports Network. The Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports guys like it when far end of the bench is in pain and crying. <laughs> we like your punishment. We like. We like. We like that. Hey, I'm crying right there with you. Right I'm really in pain. Fucking bears. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, be sure to follow the Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore Sports underscore. Follow on your favorite podcasting platform. If you do, you will get. New episodes of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast every Sunday. New episodes of the Far End of the Bench every Wednesday and all of the other great shows on that banner. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel where you're watching this. Subscribe to uh, the Far End of the Bench YouTube channel. Follow at FEOTB Pod. Our new episodes come out Wednesdays. Uh, Darren, Tyler, their new episodes come out Sundays. And they are at Fat Boy Fadeaway on Twitter. Did I get, did I get that right? Subscribe to the YouTube yep. channel as well. Yep. Bumping up over. You guys beat us to 100, so keep, keep, it, keep it rolling. I... I'm listening currently to your most recent episode. So I'll, when we come back on next Sunday, I'll let Not you know. Not to race the 200. It never yes. ends. Yeah. <laughs> race the 200, that's for sure. Yeah. We're right there with you guys. So. Yeah, you're right there. 
appreciate the support, man. We're right, yeah. we're right there with you. Likewise, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, we get the four of us. We should have just a, a crossover episode where we release it on both of our feeds and get the four of us in the same podcasting space and get that episode knocked out out of the way. But this has been a ton of fun. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. If you tuned in live on Sunday night, be sure to check out the episode coming out Tuesdays. And uh, for the Variety Sports Network, myself, Jimmy Pilato, Darren, and Tyler from Fat Boy Fadeaway, thank you all for listening. We will catch you guys a little bit later on. Thank you.